So are you like nervous or apprehensive prior to an audit or are you just kind of like, this is going to be a cakewalk? Oh, that's a good question, Nick. To me, I'll just say it, uh, auditing is very, very easy for me. I've done it so many years, like know it in my sleep and just being prepared. So, you know, yeah. you're walking through, for me, it was like a, developing a whole new system. So you have your checklist, you get through that checklist and you're at the end saying, yes, everything is in there. I slept very well that night. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. I love it. So everybody knows you go to IMTS, you go to the pavilions, you look at the machine tools, you look at the tooling. But did you know that there was also conferences? No, I just wander the halls and visit booths. You didn't know there were conferences? I did not. Well, we need to wake you up to more of what IMTS has to offer. So they actually have 12 different conferences. And I specifically want to talk about one of them, which I think is very interesting. Very important. Very important. The IMTS Investor Forum. So as you know, there's a lot of people getting into manufacturing nowadays. Absolutely. I mean, manufacturing is hot. So what IMTS specifically wants to promote is how do we bring more investors who are maybe outside of manufacturing to the manufacturing industry to understand what we do a little bit better so they can make wiser I also believe it's good for machine shop owners that are thinking of selling to hear how that process works in addition to that. That's another yes. angle. I like that. Yeah, this sounds good. I'm going to check it out. So what do you think you need to do, Nick? Well, I know from you guys and from our show that we have to download the app and we got to go to imts.com. Let's go. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome, manufacturing leaders. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and we're here at our headquarters in Rockford, Illinois today. Jason, unfortunately, could not be with us. There was a health issue with yeah, his wife. We're going to miss him. Yeah, but Nick is here. We've got an inspiring show today about one man's AS9100 certification journey. Nick, in four months, this guy did yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm excited to put that into context. You go through oh. this at your business and you know, all right, is four months super fast? It sounds like it's pretty fast, but I don't know all that goes into it. So I'm going to learn a lot from the show. Yes, it is very quick. It's not an easy process because some people that listen to our show don't necessarily know what AS9100 is. Sure. Yeah, tell me. I do have the definition. AS9100 is a widely adopted and standardized quality management system for the aerospace okay, industry. Okay, specifically for specifically aerospace. Specifically aerospace. Okay. It's mandated by aerospace clients. Okay. It was released in October of 1999 by the Society of Automotive Engineers and the European Association of Aerospace Industries. Hmm. So it's a pretty high-end credentialing that mm -hmm. manufacturers get when they want to service the aerospace industry exclusively. So it really gives you the... It's the ticket to ride if you want to get certain kinds well, of business. I mean, at the end of the day, you can always screw up, right? right. You can always ship bad parts. But you won't even get a look if you don't have the ticket to ride, Exactly. Right? Okay. You will not even get a look-see unless okay. you have that. Sure. And sometimes they say, if you don't have it, we are not even. We can't even talk to you. Right. And we've had that happen at Car Machine where we couldn't even get quotes from customers 
without having the AS. So a lot like ISO, right? I mean, it's very similar to ISO, but more specific to aerospace. Yeah. So if you think like a folder system, sure. ISO 9001 is a folder of credentialing that's inside the folder for AS9100. So ISO is part of AS9100. But you can be ISO without being AS9100 as well, right? Well, you can't be ISO and have anything to do with AS. If you have AS, you've got ISO part of that process. Yeah, but so like our company, we don't build fly parts. Right. So we build fixtures for companies that are making aerospace parts. We're ISO, right? but we're not AS9100. Right. Okay. Because you're not making flight critical parts. Right, right. You're making prototypes, you're making fixtures. We're supplying fixtures to those like you, for example, that do this. Exactly. But we don't make aerospace parts. Exactly. But if you've adopted ISO 9001, you just take that ISO 9001 credentialing and you insert it into the AS9100 folder. Gotcha. Great. So we've defined it. We have. We know what AS9100 is. Now, do you know what the 9100 means? I don't. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Why that number? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what the number. Maybe our guest can enlighten us on that one. But cars had ISO for a couple decades, I think. And then we just recently transitioned to AS about 16 months ago. Honestly, neither were easy. Don't get me wrong. For me and in my company, this was not an easy process. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of time, energy, money, commitment, ongoing. When people say that they're going to do it, don't think they really understand all the idiosyncrasies of achieving the certification. But my guest, our guest today, in my opinion, is truly an anomaly. He was able to walk into a new company and in four months get registered. And it's quite impressive. And I can't wait to introduce him. Yeah. But before that, I want to share that we're going to be at the largest trade conference for our industry in September. Yeah. Making Chips is going to be on the Grand Concourse stage, which is right between the South and the North buildings. Yeah. Right in the kind of epicenter. Right when you thing. come up that escalator, boom. You and see you, the super big TV that super we all TV. wish we had in our huge man cave? Yep. That's where the registration is at. There's going to be a huge stage there. We're going to be there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Yeah. So please come and see us. We're going to have some impactful guests that we're going to learn from. To be announced. To be announced. Yeah, yeah. You betcha. Yeah, I'm excited. So as we typically do, We have some manufacturing news for today, and the one that I chose that I think is relevant to what's happening right now is solar energy has been a big buzzword now for years, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I guess President Biden has signed an executive order under the Defense Production Act to start looking at producing solar panels domestically Mm. for U.S. businesses. Wow. And I'll tell you what, let's face it, this country is heating up. Well, especially in Rockford, it was uh, 97 degrees yesterday. (laughs) Right. Next week, next week's supposed to be worth. Yeah. And you know, this is like a resounding thing, right? Yeah. The whole country, I mean, Phoenix, Las Vegas, triple digits, easy every day. it's hot this week. It's hot. What the heck is wrong with Chicagoland? I don't know. It's either like freezing colder than Antarctica or so hot you can't even handle it. Exactly. What the heck? But it looks like, I'm not saying it's global warming. I don't know what it is, but I do know one thing. It seems like we are slowly getting warmer as a country. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, 
our energy use is really going to escalate. I keep thinking about a car machine. I'm like, we're in that new building, 15,000 square feet. All those air conditioners are running full. And I'm thinking, oh my God, next month's electric bill is going to be a killer, right? So we need to augment that usage, right? We need to augment that cost by solar energies. And I think this is a great idea. Of course, there's a lot. Since President Biden signed this executive order, he had a meeting just last week. And I guess the participants stress the urgency of spurring such projects. To actually build the panels, right? So to build the panels. If you look behind you, right next to our headquarters is Advanced Machine Engineering, where, yeah. our, where my family business is. And if you look at the roof, it's covered in solar. Panels. I did not know yeah. that. We had the largest solar project in the area for a long time. Oh, well, now that's really cool. Enlighten me. Tell me some more. And there was all sorts of tax credits. I don't know the ins and outs, but- I hear that it doesn't cost anything to get it done. Yeah. I mean, you have to come up with the upfront capital, but you get it back on all the tax credits and stuff. So- how long ago did you implement that? Jeez, it must have been, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Really? But we got an ROI in like less than two years. And now our energy bill is nothing like what it used to be. It's really good. So what percent of your total energy consumption is used? So that would be a good question for like my brother who does finance or my dad who, you know, yeah. they were involved in like financing the project yeah. and getting all that done. But I just know that we were really, really happy with the results in terms of the ROI on the whole thing. Cool. And also that when it snows, someone's got to go up there and brush the uh, <gasps> panels off. <laughs> that I didn't think of. Because otherwise they don't generate as much power. Yeah. All right. To your point, this news is about making it here. You know, right. I just know we did an installation. I have no idea where they were made. Probably yes. China. Well, if China's a big influencer in this sure. and they're making a lot of solar panels there now, but they're trying to make a big shift and shift that manufacturing here to the United States. Cool. So I think that's really cool. If anybody else knows anything about that, please email us at info at making chips and let us know. Especially if your company's involved in in any sort of manufacturing as it relates to solar panel production, that would be really interesting to hear about. Yep. So before we bring on our guest for today, any good news you want to share with the Metalworking Nation? What's going on? Yeah, I'm going to share this probably in my episode too, but... But you can't double dip. Yeah. It's got to be fresh and new and exciting. All right. Two things. So one is a, an achievement an employee had, but I'll save that for the next episode. That's cool. That's cool. And then the other one is we are really moving more into machining automation as a category. It goes very closely with design and build fixturing because mm-hmm. that's where everyone's headed. Yeah. You can't find... I mean, you just implemented something in your shop with the RoboJob system. I did. You can't find enough talented employees, right? It's not easy to do. And you still want to get more out of your machines. You still want to increase your spindle utilization. You want to increase your throughput. So as a company, we're moving more into machining automation projects. We're kind of that's like a where it's dealer at. of a pallet delivery system that I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. Cool. Like, that's kind of agnostic to all different kinds of machine tools. Yep. And my cousin, who's part of the family, family business and everything, someday he'll be an owner like me. He is an automation expert and he is coming back. He's coming back to like run this division. I didn't know that. I cannot wait to work with him. So, Good. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a, a name from the past. Yeah. I mean, Good. actually, Caleb who has been on an episode of Making Chips. Yes, in the he past. has. So, yeah, yeah I'm really happy. That's to great have to him hear. Back. I saw a picture of him on LinkedIn just yesterday. Maybe it was last night at two in the morning when I couldn't sleep. And I said, I wonder if he's ever coming back. Yeah. But, well, yeah. soon. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, with that, I don't have anything new to share. Maybe I'll share it on our next episode. Yeah, share but, it on mine. Yeah. So I'd like to introduce our special VIP guest for the day. His name is John Jones, and he is the Quality Assurance Manager at uh, Klinkenbeard in South Beloit, Illinois, not too far here from our headquarters. Klinkenbeard, that sounds like a very good German name. I don't know if it is German, but it sounds German. It's very hard to say. (laughs) I almost screwed it up. I had to say it about six times before I got it right. Yeah, not too far away, 20 minutes away from our headquarters here in Rockford, so... 
And Clinkenbeard is an engineering, machining, and rapid prototypes manufacturing company. Okay, great. John has an impressive 36 years of quality experience under his belt, helping companies achieve ISO 9001 and AS9100. He's been instrumental in developing custom databases to run the respective companies that he's worked on, their QMSs. And uh, I'd like to welcome John Jones to the Making Chips headquarters. John, John Jones. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Yeah. Great to be here. Thanks. I am going to learn a lot from this episode, John, because quality management is not in my wheelhouse. I'm a sales and marketing guy who spends a lot of time away from the factory, not in the factory, making sure all the quality's right. So I just can't wait to learn more. Great. That's everything I've done in my entire career. So really <laughs> awesome. So John, you've really racked up an impressive quality tenure. 36 years is a long time. Can you tell me a little bit about your job history and your journey from then? I mean, you can. it doesn't have to be an hour long, but just your history from back then to your journey right now at Clinkin Beard. Well, uh, I started, again, 36 years ago as a quality inspector. Got my break in quality and had a great boss back then. Encouraged me to go to school, and I started taking college classes and worked my way up from being an inspector and left there due to financial situation. Started as a quality engineer, developing systems from there. And then I got a break later as that company closed. I got into quality management. Okay, so when you went to school, were you specifically studying quality, or were you just getting like a general bachelor's degree in business? Or Yep, yeah. uh, Rock Valley College here in... Yeah, uh, great school. I went there, yeah. Yep. Uh, I saw that on your LinkedIn, and I'm like, I wonder if that's the one that's really instrumental here in the Rockford area. Yeah, and you know what? Just a quick plug for them. They've got a new advanced technology center program all on machining. Yeah, they're going to be training a lot of machinists. That's great. I love hearing that. Okay, so at Rock Valley, what did you study specifically? Quality engineering. Okay, great. two-year associate's degree in quality engineering. Awesome. It was almost all quality-related courses back then. Cool. And then over the last... Three decades. I've finished my bachelor's degree just last year. Beautiful. Oh, congrats. <laughs> so very much congrats. Yeah. To that. So you were doing that part-time while you were working. Wow. Yep. Is just, it a bachelor's in quality? Is that is nope, that it's a bachelor's in uh, science. Science, cool. Yep. For your degree. Pretty much had to start over because of the time gap between Yeah. Uh, I hate how that works. Valley and I understand. You know, then I was in a different state and you know they didn't have the transfer credits and everything else. So yeah. Good for you. Start over. That's really impressive, yeah, that's awesome. I gotta admit. Yeah, working full time and doing night classes was a chore. It <laughs> I really believe was. It. That was me, I don't know, six, seven years ago, trying to finish up my degree while I was already working. And yeah, I don't envy that. (laughs) So those the last few years, you were ever a machinist on the shop floor? Uh, No. Okay. So the fundamental skill sets of a machinist is not part of what you know, but you know the process of doing stuff. You just don't know how to go out and actually go to a Uh, machine and start a CNC or... Well, I actually did learn G-Code okay, there. Uh, back in the oh, 90s. Cool. Okay. I just, uh, the journeyman to get into machining was too steep of a curve to support my family financially. Yeah. Sure, but I do know, sure. and every quality position I've been in has been in a machine shop. Okay, great. So you understand when something goes wrong, what the machinist, the operator, the engineer, like you understand the entire yes. process. Okay, great. So did you get to the point where you were at Clinkenbeard yet in your story or? Uh, nope, actually started in quality management, uh, like I said, many years back and been in half a dozen quality managers position. I think it's where the fun's at, developing the systems and just teaching Yeah, for the most yeah. part. Started Clinkenbeard back in January. 
They've got a long history of being AES9100, but not within using ProShop. Oh, uh, okay. ProShop, this sponsor yeah. that we yep. love. So um, I have a question about that. So I was under the impression when you started in Clink and Beard on January 10th of just this year that they were not an AS9100 shop, that they were only uh, ISO 9001. Nope. We were AS approved. Okay. How long were they AS approved before you came in? That's a good question. I want to say about seven years. Okay. So seven years. But just to back up, I have done other companies from scratch, AS9100 in six months. This one I just did in four months, but it was bringing up the entire pro shop system to be completely compliant. Right. That part I totally understand. We're going to dig in a little bit of that in a minute. Guys, when you think of a dynamic duo, who comes to mind? Nick and Jason. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm just looking at Jim. He's mad at me. <laughs> I'm not mad. You're not mad? No, not I would mad. say Snoopy and Woodstock. Snoopy and Woodstock. All right. Batman and Robin, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I don't know. We'll go with Snoopy and Woodstock. You know who the new Snoopy and Woodstock is, is for that? our industry? Thomas and Zometry. Yeah. I heard about the big collaboration. Why is that, Nick? So Thomas, your Thomas listing, right? Yes. Your Thomas listing is how people can find you right. and find suppliers that are a perfect fit for what they're looking for. Sure. And what's Zometry? Zometry has the job board. So that's a place for you to go find the type of work that you're looking for. So I could go log onto that job board, seek out word that's the right fit for my machines and employees and just take the job because the numbers are there. We don't even have to quote it, right? As a matter of fact, it's free to join. There's no quoting required. Guaranteed net 30 payments. Just go to zometry.com slash grow. I just wanted to get to the point where you started at Clink and Beard. And when you sat down at your desk on day one, this is what you had to work with. And that was just a bunch of binders, <laughs> an old antiquated system. And yep. then you had to learn ProShop, right? You had to learn all those things about ProShop and take their QMS, tweak it to what the binders were saying, and just type in or create all that data into the ProShop. Yep. Everything still had to be created from scratch in ProShop. So there wasn't a lot of importing, had a little help with your quick start package. Is that the Flying Start the flying package? Start. Okay. So yeah, the Flying Start package was able to tremendously jumpstart the procedure writing and everything it else. Did. So that probably took two months out of the system development just with that package. Because that's giving you all the templates for it. And the rest, yeah, is developing all the customizations and how we do things and all the special procedures for our unique customer base yeah. that had to be in there. So as far as templates, I'm yeah. trying to wrap my head around this. This is good that you know. This should know. There's certain requirements for AS9100, obviously. And then you have to be able to demonstrate in whatever system you're using that you're checking all those boxes. Correct. So does ProShop templatize it? So essentially you're dragging and dropping, and it, maybe not literally, but you're dragging and dropping things that you've already got in place into these templated modules, if you will, so that you're now checking more boxes than you once were, and it's all contained in the system? Or kind of describe that or define that uh, for me, because that's where my mind's at. Right trying to understand this. so And I'll back you up with a few things too. Because you're using it too, right, Jim? Okay. I am. That's not my role at the company. I just want to go on record as saying, Mike, it does a great job of doing that and manage it at CAR. But of course, I'm in it because I'm in all the internal audits and I'm in mm -hmm. the actual physical audits when the auditor comes on site. So, but go ahead. Sure. 
So yeah, help crystallize this in my mind. Well, the like I said, the Flying Star package makes life tremendously easy. It has a very good base to it, but there's still, with every template, there's customizations that you, at this particular company, need to do it this way, and you have to change several things to be compliant with how that company is doing things. With AS9100, there's no one fits all package ever. It has to right, for any, for any company. company. Same. So it's as templatized as maybe it could be. <laughs> because if you try to templatize it anymore, it wouldn't work for any company. Correct. So Nick, here's okay. how you should think of it. Your AS9100 is a quality management system that is exclusive to your particular company. As long yeah. as you're compliant with what the certification says, as long as you can interpret what it says in the cert, to what you have in your quality management system, you're correct. Is that right? That's okay. correct. The standard, the standard creates requirements. You have to satisfy sure. those requirements. And the standard being... It's a little subjective too, right? You can sure. be a little Sometimes, subjective. Yes. But essentially, it's, it's the standard says, okay, you must yep. check these boxes, right? Yep. And then AS9100 is just your way of proving that you're doing what you said you're going to yep. do. Yeah. Your way of demonstrating that you actually have a process in place to make sure that you're doing all the requirements of the Correct. standard. You define okay. uh, what you want to do, and then you have those records to say, yep, we did what we said we were going to do. Okay, gotcha. Now, you've done this prior to Clink and Beard, right? You've gone through the AS9100 yes. process. Yep. developed many systems from scratch and transitioned from ISO 9001 to AS as well in less than six months. So is it like twice as hard, three times as hard to do it completely from scratch it's, as compared to the templated flying start thing? Or? It's just time. Time, yeah. Oh, uh, that's the biggest thing is, do you have the horsepower within your company to spend that time or do you get these templates to give yourself that? Accelerate everything. Accelerate sure. Okay. Yeah, so we have to monitor training. So training of all your employees is really important and it's all measured and monitored in ProShop. Also, all your gauge calibration, every single tool that's used on the shop floor is in ProShop. And a lot of when you inspect a part, the first article inspection report will ask you to put in a gauge number. So you've got a dimension, you've got a one and a quarter inch dimension, overall thickness on a part, let's say. You have to take that dimension from the print, use a particular one to two inch mic that is called tool number A, B, C, D, E, or one, two, three, four, five, or whatever, however you have it worked into your system. And on that inspection sure. report, you have to say that I use this tool to check that dimension and that tool gets calibrated every three months. Yeah, we have to do of that in you advance do. too for, yeah. for ISO. But yeah. it's all monitored. And that's a big job in it. Since no, no it's not. It, right? <laughs> the recertification of all your gauges and stuff. Ugh. But where it gets to the point where it might get a little subjective is like we always have, the, and I know I'm going a little off like I normally do, but so we have like a big surface plate, right? And they want it recalibrated, right? The surface plate. But I don't necessarily think that you have to get a surface plate recalibrated every three months, it's kind of like a big deal. So you can be subjective. You're not being mandated that this particular gauge has to be calibrated at a certain time. If it's reasonable and equitable, the auditor will give you a little bit of leeway. Correct. But getting back to the processes, it's 
processes, procedures, and tasks, all those are templated mm-hmm. in ProShop and all linked back to the standard. Correct. That's what actually helps out tremendously is you got the standard and ProShop creates all those linkages to say, hey, this is what satisfies this particular statement within the standard. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. So instead of you having to manually say, this connects to this, which connects to this, the system kind of makes those links for you. Okay. That I could see how that would save a lot of time, especially when there's a lot of links required. And there's also other things in ProShop that says you can't do this without doing this first, which also provides better audit trails for the auditor because then you're not skipping steps. Right. Even in designing a software system that we use in sales and marketing, we can say like, you can't save this new company you're adding to the system unless you have the address or whatever. Correct. So something like that. It prevents dirty data or incomplete data from entering the system. All right. Now it's starting to connect with me, man. I like it. When you came to Clink and Beard in January and you sat down and they said, okay, John, this is your new role. Here's what we got. Here's all the stuff. And here's this new ERP system. Were you intimidated? No, because I've developed my own ERP systems from scratch. So I'm very intimate with the background and structure of ERP systems. Right. He's developed his own ERPs. Yeah. You've developed your own ERP system from scratch. Yes. Microsoft Access and Excel. I've developed an entire company's ERP system. That is amazing. I know all the elements of an ERP system just kind of from an overview perspective. And that seems really intense to be able to build one from scratch. Yeah. Imagine that, Jim. So you had mentioned the auditor. Tell us about the auditor experience when he came in just in May, right? Right. Tell me how that went. Oh, well, it was a little rocky at first because he's been auditing before and he was used to certain procedures and stuff and, you know, everything was changed. So we had to go through a a whole nother systems audit to say, all right, these are the old procedures and this is what we migrated to. Oh, so this auditor had done Clink and Beard's audit prior to you? Yes. Not only he, he had a new quality assurance manager, but he had a new system. To audit as well. So Correct. we had ProShop and we had John Jones, two new people for a company that he'd been auditing probably for years. Correct. Yeah. Last three years. So continue. It actually went extremely well. Again, ProShop maintains entire data of pretty much entire company. So 98% of the audit was probably all in ProShop and just clicking through procedures, records, training requirements, calibration, you name it. You were just able to just be in that one system and everything that you needed was all there. All information was there for you. I had to go to HR one time to get a outside training record because that wasn't important for me. I forgot about that one. And then obviously the audit on the floor was the time that we weren't in there. But for the most part, it could have been a virtual audit just using ProShop. So it was a physical wow. audit. It wasn't virtual. It was a physical, but it could have been. Ours were virtual during COVID. So yes, I totally get that. And it made it easy because all we had to do was share a screen, right? And he would say, we need right. this, 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 this. Where is it? Email that document, whatever, whatever the case. So are you like nervous or apprehensive prior to an audit? Or are you just kind of like, this is going to be a cakewalk? Oh, that's a good question, Nick. To me, I'll just say it, uh, auditing is... Very, very easy for me. I've done it so many years, like know it in my sleep and just being prepared. So, you know, you're walking through, for me, it was like developing a whole new system. So you have your checklist, you get through that checklist and you're at the end saying, yes, everything is in there. I slept very well that night. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. I love it. 
you know what we always say we're trying to talk about the topics that'll keep a manufacturing yeah. leader up at night and I no guess no no one of them <laughs> no well for john at least not the quality system there's a lot of other stuff that <laughs> yeah, i'm sure. not involved with that makes yeah, life no, a little I, bit harder before while we're on the subject when we were talking about this audit i know paul van meter he's the founder of pro shop he told me a story years ago when he had his own CNC machine shop up in the Seattle, yeah. Washington area. Let's get crazy and let's give Paul a call right now. And maybe he can share that story of his audit at ProCNC yeah. back in the day. It's really good. Yeah. And maybe we can ask him a couple other questions. Give him Here, a call. I'll call him right now. Hello, this is Paul. Paul, Jim Carr what's from up, Making Jim? Chips. Nick, too. Yeah, what's up, Paul? Hey we're here with your customer. We're, we're here with your well-rested customer <laughs> who does not lose any sleep over audits, John Jones. Hey, John. How's it going? I'm great, Paul. How about you? I just landed at the airport, so it's actually perfect timing for a call. Awesome. So, Paul, we were just talking to John about that moment when he had that first audit with ProShop. He's only been utilizing ProShop in the QMS since January 10th of this year. And he's sharing with us the successes and expediency of using the ERP to house everything. And he was talking about the audit process and said, oh my God, we got to give Paul a call because I remember Paul sharing with me a story. I believe it was with ProCNC. Uh, Pro it was your particular machine shop where you had the auditor come in and the power went out. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The power went out and yeah, it was, it was out in the whole area. So we just, at the time, of course, we were sort of on premise. We weren't cloud in our own company, but we unplugged the server from the wall. We drove a couple of miles to a hotel room, plugged it in and did the rest of the audit from the hotel. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you got no findings at all, right? Nope. No findings. Yeah. Yep. It was the perfect score. Yeah. Love to hear that. I hadn't thought about that story in a while. So thanks for remember, reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. And I think that's it's something that people don't realize that when we're doing an audit utilizing ProShop, that it can be completely portable because it's web-based. We could do it sitting on a beach, right? It's just as long as you have internet access and a PC, you could do an entire audit remotely, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was actually reminds me of a uh, customer down in the Louisiana area, Coastal Machine and Supply. They recently told me a story in September of 2020. So they're at oil and gas shop and, you know, really heavy into oil and gas. When COVID hit, that business took a hit for sure. Oh, yeah, they absolutely. To diversify. Yeah. 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 So they decided to get AS9100 certified and start moving into the aerospace and defense business. And largely this was possible because their main QMS QA guy freed up about three to four hours of his day every single day because of ProShop compared to their prior system. So they decided in September to moved to AS. Michael Collins on our team did a gap audit with them yep. in October. They did their stage one in November and their stage two, I think in late December, early January. And so basically three, a little over three months, they got certified, no findings as well. And the auditor, what makes reminds me, the auditor said it was his very first 100% digital audit. Oh, is that right? And then he was just totally blown away. Yeah. That's how it can be done. Yeah. We did our first AS audit virtually with our auditor for ICAR. Well, it was because of COVID because no one was going on site for a while. But we just had our one-year surveillance and the guy came on site, the auditor, and 
he said he was his first totally virtual paperless, if okay. you will. I always say, let's ditch the binders and the paper. It was his first too. And it was you know, streamlined. We did. Ha- I'm not going to lie. We did have a couple of minors that we had to get fixed. But at the end of the day, we're only 14, 16 months into this. So they put you in timeout. They did put us in timeout. They did put us in timeout. timeout. (laughs) So Paul, for me, who isn't a user, there's a quality management system that's part of ProShop. And then I keep hearing about this flying start package. So are they the same thing? Are they different? Can you explain that? Yeah. So ProShop has several modules that make up the QMS system. And those are always included in ProShop. They're not sold separately. But the Flying Start package is actually a content package that comes with a full set of QMS documents that are already compliant to the AS9100 standard. So it basically fills in these modules that would normally be empty. And so most clients buy that, and then they will take the content that we've delivered to them and tweak it to make it their own. I generally think of they tweak it maybe 20%, and it's a lot easier than trying to rewrite their whole own system to be to work with ProShop and be paperless or to start from scratch if they're not already certified. Okay, this is what John so, yeah, was talking yeah. about earlier exactly. on the episode then. Yep, yeah, yep, he was yep. talking about like tweaking these kind of templated yep. pieces. The thing is about John, John has all of this 36 years of experience doing it. And here's Car, you know, we had a new quality lead. We weren't familiar with AS. We did have the Flying Start package. We had all those templated pages. But in addition, share with us that you also have a consultant, Michael Collins, on site that can help the pro shop clients even streamline the process even easier. Yeah, well, I mean, we have we have Michael and we have a, another one or two as well. But yeah, so many clients like Click and Beard, they have an experienced person on on staff and they have the bandwidth and time to do it themselves, which is great. But for other companies like yourselves that where you don't really have as much maybe time or bandwidth or expertise, Michael and the guys on the QMS team can do the gap audit. They can come in and help do the consulting, help walk you through the process of tweaking it to your to your own company, and then even support you through the stage one and stage two audit as needed. Yep. So just depending on how much help you need, we can help you get it done. Uh, make sure you uh, make sure you pass. Yeah, yeah. he was awesome. I got to tell you. So yeah, I started this episode yeah. saying I have a ton to learn because quality is not really in my wheelhouse of what I do every day. I feel like I've learned so much and not just about AS9100 and what it takes to be certified, but what ProShop does to help. So Paul, thanks for jumping on the call and giving us the time to explain some things. Yeah. Just one quick thing, Nick, as a marketing guy, you will appreciate one of the things that I often hear from our clients, which just makes me so happy, is that when a client or a prospective client comes to do an audit, they are blown away with with ProShop and the quality system. And it really gives their vendor, gives them their quality team, their audit team, just huge confidence in that vendor. So it's, it's often used as a sales tool. Yes. Sure. So they are winning the hearts and minds of those clients and winning work that they may not work win otherwise. Yeah. So if I wanted to do business with Car Machine or with Clink and Beard, and I wanted to know, hey, are you guys going to deliver quality parts or deliver on time or follow the process and the promise that you've made to me, they would be able to show me in ProShop, hey, check this out. This is how this could work. And then I would be like, yep, makes yeah, sense. I, Checks all the boxes. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah. Do you use that? I mean, yeah, you got it. So Jim, do you use? Yes. Yes. Paul, thank you for adding that. You're right. We just had a brand new customer from the West Coast in four people. 
some MIT guys that were super smart and we showed them the module from the QMS and they were blown away. So thank you for adding that, Paul. Yes, it's a huge sales tool. <laughs> what about you at Clink and Beard, John? I mean, are you showing prospective customers your process with quality? And- I've shown, obviously, our auditor, yeah. uh, which was very, very impressed with it, by the way. And we also have a customer audit that was very impressed with it. And it really shines when we're doing what's called source inspections, okay. where they come on site and they want to review yep. Yep. all the data that took to make that part. Sure. And just the ease of going into pro shop and having every bit of information from the work instruction to the training to the material certs, everything is imported. It's just a huge data depository for everything. A huge data depository. That's a good one. I'm going to... That's exactly what it is. It is. Here's what I think about all this. So AS9100 isn't just so you can get a sticker or a logo on your website or whatever. It just helps you make your customers successful. That's the point of it. It helps you become successful too. Yeah, and your customers are the ones who are going to audit you, really. Maybe it's not as formal of a process as the AS9100 auditor, but at the end of the day, the customers are the ones who are auditing you and anyone else who competes with you for who am I going to give the business to? You know what it does, Nick? It creates a structured process in your company. And when everyone's aligned with that structured process and everyone knows the direction that it's got to go and the hands it's got to be handed off to, that's when you're going to really see the power of it. Sure. Hey, I think we left Paul hanging on the line there. We should (laughs) let him get back to his travel. Paul, Make sure you travel safe. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still here. I'm loving it. And John, I appreciate you mentioning source inspection. You reminded me of another story just very recently. We were interviewing a customer for a case study. And by the way, they, after an an audit with Raytheon, they won three more contracts because Raytheon was so happy with their QMS. But they said that switching to ProShop for doing all that source inspection document prep save them between 96 and 98% of the time. It used to take them four to eight hours for a big assembly, and now it takes them five to 10 minutes. Oh, man. Wow. Very cool. I have that same thing with uh, dealing with our previous ERP system. It usually took 20, 30 minutes to get all the paperwork together and the inch and a half binder set up for our source inspector and then painstakingly walk through all the data. Now it's just up on the screen and, you know, it's just easy to get to the data. Saves it down to about five minutes now for our source inspector. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Anyway, Paul, safe trip. Where are you headed? I am coming home from a conference, so I'm heading heading home right now. Good for you. I was up in uh, up in Kelowna, BC. All right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining, man. Safe we'll travels, buddy. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Take care. Yep. Have yep. a good one. Bye now. Bye bye. Yeah, it was cool that we were able to get Paul on, talk a little yeah. bit about that story with the power going out. <laughs> yeah, I just love stories like that. I remember him telling me that a couple of years ago, actually, about they actually lifted the hard drive out and came, went into the hotel and plugged it in there. And now it's all cloud, right? As long as you could just power up your device and get online, I can log into my system right here at Car right now and, and tell you everything you need to know about what's going on. So it's cool. But anyway, John, thank you for taking the time to come out and talk with us, the Metalworking Nation. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and congratulations on 36 years of quality. Nick's a sales and marketing guy. I'm a manufacturing guy that happens to love sales and marketing. You know what we learned about him, about John? John's a real quality guy. Yes. A, there's my dad joke for the day. So. Yes. John, you're a real quality guy. All right, thanks, Nick. <laughs> hey, what do we say to end the show? If you're not making chips. You're not making money. Bam. 
Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.